Ready for the word? <clears throat> uh, there was a boy that wanted to uh, have more space in the garden to play. And what did he wanted to do? He want, in the middle of the garden, there seems to be a boulder, a rock, a big rock. And because of that big rock, his play was somehow limited. And so he wanted to have more space to play. And so what he happened to do, he planned to move that rock away. But because of he's a small boy, he couldn't do much. And he was uh, quite limited in his resources. And so he thought of an idea of how to move it. And so he think through. And firstly, that he first of all need to dig up that boulder, that rock. Uh, of course, it's buried underground. You do not know, actually know how big was the rock. How big is the rock there sitting in the garden? That was the first problem. The second problem is, how is he going to transport and dispose of that piece of rock? And so he thought of an idea. He brought his toy trolley along. And he wanted to dig up that rock, put it on the trolley and dispose of it. Now, being a small boy, it was a challenging thing, right? So he tried to dig, but it was too difficult for him. And what is he going to do? So he came to his father and told his father about his plan. And the father was gracious enough, and the father said, let's go and take a look, and I am going to help you. And so the father came along, take a look. Oh, to the father, this is wet, wet pieces, pieces. You know what's that? Ah, so the father dig up that piece of uh, boulder, carry it up with his own hand onto the toy trolley, drag it away from the middle of that garden to one side of the place and dispose of it there. And then the boy was so happy that he has an open space in the garden to play. And so the dad talked to him. He said, son, with the help of his father, his father told him, don't ever be afraid to ask me for help. At any time you need any help, just let me know. Just let me know. I'm there and I will help you. And the boy was very glad that with the resources and the strength and the help of the father, he was able to enjoy his play from now on. The input of his father helped him resolve to him a serious problem. But it was QED, you know, when you do maths problem. Uh, after when you finish the problem, you write the word QED. What does QED mean? Uh, quite easily done. So the father did that. And so in my observation, there are many ventures that are successful as well as there are ventures that fail. The chances are 50-50. And those of you in business know what I'm talking about. The world can possess all the strategy and have all the nice plans and all the good ways of doing things and all the plans and they can provide some kind of a success to a venture. But the plans like the secular plans can never and never be able to do something that will impact spiritual life. That is different altogether. For us to live spiritually, 
productive and successful life, we need God's Spirit to lead us and to direct us to the right place, the right time, and the right ministry. We need a dose of the Spirit of God to help us. Just as the little boy who needed a dose of his father's strength to help him resolve an issue. We need a dose of the Holy Spirit today. A Spirit-directed venture will always break growth barriers and the mundane setting of our life and really will lead us and project us on a path of growth and development. And so this morning, I want to preach on how, on, 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 on how the Spirit wants us to follow His way to fruitfulness in life and in ministry. In life and in ministry. Especially so now, when there is so much uncertainty and unknown factors that we can come across. It is normal. It is normal to grow in fruitfulness in life and ministry. And so the title of my message is Spirit-Directed Missions. Wow, what does this have to do with missions? And I want to preach from, from Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verse 6 to verse 15. And I'm going to read from my big letter Bible. Yay, I bought one. Big phone one. So now I can read well. Acts chapter 16, verse 6 to verse 15. Paul and his companion travelled throughout the region of Pergia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel there. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. And the next day, we went on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city, city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira, named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to, re to respond to Paul's message. When she and her members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home, my house. And she persuaded us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And thank you for the recording in this book of Acts here. And how, O oh God, that you are leading 
this spiritual venture of your servants. We pray that even as we listen to this sermon here, that our hearts would respond as well, that our hearts would also be in line with the leading of your Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for this mission month. And we thank you for the cell that has gone over to minister to the Orang Asli. We pray for your presence to be with them. That even as they uh, be involved with the people there, that Lord, that they too would catch, would understand, would know the leading of the Lord, your heartbeat for the interior people. We pray that you will bless the work of their hands. We thank you as we commit our service here and the preaching of your word into your hands. Let the Holy Spirit be let loose upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now the background of this story, we have Paul and Barnabas. They went on their first missionary journey and they came back with good reports. And they came back with reports of miracles, of people turning, of Gentiles turning to the Lord. And they were really encouraged. And they get, get the whole church together in Jerusalem and they reported to them what has happened. What the good things the Lord has accomplished in their ministry. And the apostles at Jerusalem were glad. But they also encountered a problem of how to live a pure spiritual life that is different from where they previously came from. You know, the Gentiles were not believers. And when they, they practice all kinds of things. And so now when they become believers, and uh, of course they do not immediately overnight able to uh, 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 renew their mind. So they have this issue. And so we have the first general council meeting in Jerusalem during that time. It was held there. And all the leaders attending and discussed the issue at hand and they came to the conclusion. And so they put on paper for Paul and Barnabas to take back to the churches that he had planted with them to inform the members so that they will be sound in faith and in practice. And there were only two things that that the council required these new believers to do. And first of all, we can see in Acts chapter 15, verse 29, uh, let us address them and say that you are to abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. And so it was not just really a long list of theological uh, stuff that they need to follow after. It was something really uh, that they need to uh, disassociate of from their past life. And so Paul and Barnabas were to take this result, this conclusion of the general council and go to these churches that they have planted and to let the members know. As they prepared to go on their journey, there was a dispute between Paul and Barnabas over Mark, who had failed them on their first journey. And so they parted ways. Paul took Timothy and Silas with him and travelled inland, whereas Barnabas took Mark and travelled to the island of Cyprus. As Paul and the company travelled throughout Asia Minor, they delivered the direction of the apostle at Jerusalem to the members and the members were encouraged 
they were encouraged and more were added to the church during that time. Now as they move on, as they continue on the journey, they were prevented by the Holy Spirit from planting and preaching at most of the new places that they have gone to visit. They were prevented to share the gospel and it was quite disturbing for them. They were wondering what was happening. How come? The Holy Spirit led them through a narrow gap. Most of the places they could not go. But there was this narrow gap that they were led to and it went all the way through the port city of Troas. And they spent a few days there. And in Troas, in one of the night, Paul had a vision of a man, Macedonian man. Uh, Macedonia is across the sea actually. A Macedonian man calling him to come over to help us. And Paul sensing it was the leading of the Holy Spirit prepared immediately to go into Macedonia. And this is the place of the new venture that God has led these apostles to go and inroad and in road into Europe. The church of Europe was being born during that time. The closed door in Asia Minor led them to an open door where the gospel has never been heard. They began to understand the reason of the closed door and they went headlong into this new area, this new initiative and began the work of ministry to the European church. A new success was open to them. In their minds, it was the usual place that God would do. But then they did not know that God had better and bigger plans for them. Most of the time, we think in small and narrow thoughts. We limit ourselves by our small faith and minds. We didn't know that beyond that uncertain doorway, lies an ocean white of spiritual growth and ministry development. And I want to say that we must allow the Spirit to lead and we must be daring enough to follow in His ways to fruitfulness. So your yesterday is your yesterday experience. Tomorrow is a greater day for all of us. And the question that we want to ask is how the Spirit wants us to follow His ways to fruitfulness in life and ministry. First of all, the Spirit gives direction. And when the Spirit gives direction, we must hear well. We must hear well. God is a speaking God and He has always been speaking to us. Our issue is we didn't tune in and hear well enough. I think that this is our problem all the time. We didn't hear well. We didn't tune in. We were not hearing from Him. And this is either a, a building up or a breaking down when we hear this. Our usual response will be to hear what is comfortable to us. 
We want to hear what we want to hear and not otherwise. So when there is something new and uncomfortable, we hesitate or even sometimes we turn it down. We thought that this cannot be from God. And there are times that we wait too long on the matter and then there is no action. Even we may have a slight inclination that there is a possibility that God is speaking to us. The secret to success is to put aside all our preconceived mindset and hear well, no matter how impossible or challenging or difficult or even frightening when God leads us to. You know, I went for a hearing test. They put me in a soundproof cubicle and they gave me a headphone, uh, put a headphone on. And I'm supposed to press a button whenever I hear a signal. And so they tested me with different frequencies and loudness. In the cubicle, it was silent. It was soundproof, eh? It was silent when they closed the door. And, and it was easy to hear even the faintest signal. But when you are outside, when people are talking and when there is aircon sound and the wind sound and the paper sound, you find that it is, the signal is not there. You find that you can't hear well. This simple illustration is that when we remove the distraction and other voices and be still, we can even hear the voice of God speaking to us clearly. Now, I, I have some hearing uh, degeneration, uh, but um, it's called mal, uh, so it's quite okay. Uh. So you can still talk to me, I still can hear you. It's okay. <laughs> I don't have to wear hearing aid yet. I'm still okay. Okay. Uh, quite safe. Thank you. Praise the Lord. All of us will acknowledge that we want to live productive, we want to live life that will please the Lord. But in many instances, we don't know what He wants from us. Church, if we want to hear God speaking to us, we must spend time to get acquainted with Him. Acquainted with His voice, so that His voice would not be strange to us. Acquaintance takes time and attention. So we need to spend enough time with Him. Are we acquainted with God? Can we hear God? Are we passionate for God? Are we a God chaser? Are we tuned in to God's frequency? Hearing from God takes effort and is a spiritual exercise. And quiet time, quiet time is a basis for this to happen. When we hear well enough, then we will not be afraid to go and carry out sometimes the crazy things that God called us to do. And the crazy things are not crazy anymore. And the crazy things are not frightening anymore when we know 
That is God calling us. Because after you hear already, you must have faith, you know. You must have faith to do and do it. Secondly, these are, there are times the ways of the Lord are uncommon. Uncommon. That's like the children of Israel as they come out from Egypt. God have to go before them. They have never been to in the wilderness before. They do not know the way. And the Lord went ahead with them. A, 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 a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So they were not afraid to go. It may be the road least travel. A high road. Most often it is also a lonely road. Paul, Timothy and Silas could not understand why the Spirit of the Lord did not allow them to do what they normally do. When they visit a city, they will go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. But they were herded into a narrow road to Troas. Were they failing their missionary call? But the story did not end there. Praise God. From there, we see Paul got a new vision and a new direction and immediately he acted on it and they prepared to cross over and they sailed from that place to Neapolis, to Philippi and to move on in Macedonia. Scripture records that they immediately prepared to go. You know, Friday afternoon while I was preparing this message, one of our staff came in and to see me and talk to me. Uh, he wanted to join the mission trip. His reason was that after the fire conference in BCM with Nathan Morris, he was so moved up, so charged up, and he wanted to go mission trip. Uh, it was a long shot, it's such a short notice to me, and he wanted to go. But he come and see me anyway. And he said that he is really very wanted to go because he is so moved by the Spirit of God and he is so moved during the fire conference. He cannot sit still. He wants to do something and he wants to be a part of the mission trip. It was a noble way of expressing himself. Uh, though I can think that it's a little bit impulsive, lah, but okay. How will it be for us when we receive a new vision? Fear and faith are two opposite. We either hold back due to fear or move forward based on faith. The things of God have always operated by faith. You know, the impossible barrier, the mountains, the walls that are, that are confronting us they are to motivate us in faith and not to discourage us. To live in the favor of God is to live by faith. Scripture says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's really impossible to please God. The people of God in church, we have to express faith. It is, it is unconceivable. For the people of God to live without faith. And of course, we know what is faith. We've been taught so long, so, far, so much about faith, and we know what is it. 
But why is it that we did not progress further in life and in ministry? Let us lose out in unbelief, but live by faith at all times. When we are led by the Spirit, we will be doing the right thing and effective in the ministry that God has put to us. This is what we all want. Answer to the question again. How the Spirit wants us to follow His way to fruitfulness and life and ministry is number two, the Spirit opens door. The Spirit opens door to confirm it. Uh, we need to get the inner witness. Really, we need to know. Our challenge is how do we have the resources to go to do God's will when He shows us? How do we have the resources? Let's assume that we have heard well and we have acted out and we have exercised faith. And the final assurance of all this comes from the inner witness of the Spirit that is within us. No one can answer for us. It is we who will know the answer and it is we who will be responsible for what we are going to do with that. And I have often heard from different individuals that they didn't feel the presence or they didn't feel God in their life experience. They, will, they usually would ask, how do I know God is here? For that, my answer is we have to be still. Cut off all other voices and listen to the inner voice of the Spirit to confirm with us. Now I was told a very funny story about an altar call. You know? A preacher preached such an inspiring and uh, motivating sermon that when he gave an altar call, and there were many people to come up to, be, to wanting to have an encounter with God to be prayed for. And there's this guy, he came out, his heart is really in, uh, rendered and he cried and called upon the Lord. And he was sobbing and uh, of course the, 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 the mucus and all the tears all mixed together and start coming out. And he was in anguish and he crying unto the Lord. And of course there were altar workers there. And so this altar worker came along to him, you know, and see him crying and praying like that. And the altar worker talked to him, Hey brother, let go, let go, let loose, give it all to Jesus, let it go. And he prayed for him and then he went off. And our brother was still in anguish and still crying unto the Lord. A few minutes later, another altar worker come and saw him in this kind of anguished position. I begin to talk to him. Hey, brother, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hang on. What do you hear? Contradictory. Do we really know the voice of God? We must have the inner witness that confirmed for us. Jesus died for us and He is not going to... Uh, He's not, going to leave, he's not leaving us as blur sotong, you know. Believers do not group in the dark. We still have a lot of things going. And we still need His guidance. And looking over all of you, there are still much way for us to go before curtains down. 
we still have a long way to go and it's not going to leave us like blur sotong, grouping in the dark for all the way. Don't be impulsive. Don't really be impulsive and make errors without the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. Don't even be stubborn to insist on our own way and do things our own way. Let's be wiser and be sure that we have we have the inner witness and the peace that comes from God. And I know that many of us are always asking the question, what is God's will for me? To take up this job, to take up this job or not? To do this business or not to do this business? I cannot answer for you. Nobody else can answer for you. You have to listen to God so that you will know for sure. The peace of God is the confirmation. We cannot outrun God. We have to let Him have His way. Then we will not be afraid to carry out all His unfamiliar ways. We will be very resolved and steadfast and focused where we know for sure that that is the way to walk in it. And we need to seek counsel. I thank God for so many of us here in this church, Subang Jaya, Assembly of God. Many of you are experienced in life. Many of you have many, uh, uh, so much of experience that you can really actually lead someone and help someone in the way of the Lord. But many times, we want to save face. There is a bit of pride in us. We want to do it my way. And so that caused the problem to arise. Okay? We want to save praise. Proverbs 15 and verse 22 says, that in the multitude of counselors, when there are many advisors, there is safety. And they will be successful. It is only wise to seek counselors for advice in life and in ministry. Anyone for the group of people that are going to get married, it's really good for them to seek for premarital counseling. For people who have been married and who have been successful in their marriage, so that they can give tips on how to move on as a married couple. A little humility saved the day. And in Subang Jaya Assembly of God, there are many experienced leaders and they will be able to advise us on the things of God. And in Subang Jaya Assembly, almost everyone has a handphone. Who doesn't have a handphone here? It is a redundant question, you know. Most of us have a handphone and that handphone is not for you to play games. The handphone is for you to be connected to one another. Whether you, you like the person or not, sometimes you get connected as well. And you get all the spam and all the, all the, all the, all the uh, WhatsApp and all the messages all fill up in your phone. We can get connected to one another and asking for counsel is an easily achievable thing to do. There is no excuse in today's term that we are a loner and we cannot find help. And I don't think that is correct now. The body of Christ is the insurance against weak advice. Not that members are busybody who like to gossip and like to find out things of other people, but many with similar experiences 
will not want any of us to make the same kind of mistakes that they may have made in the past. You know, for us, when one person weeps, the whole body weeps. When one person rejoices, the whole body rejoices together. We are all together. We are in the same boat. We are in the same family. We are all together in each other's affairs. So we are in the same boat. We all want each other to succeed in life and in ministry. Being smart in our own way is not wise. It may be a recipe for disaster or failure. And having many brains are better than one. Don't you think so? Rick Warren has always reminded us that together we can do better. Together we can do more. Together we can be more effective. And so we need to seek counsel for life and ministry. Good counsel will ensure we are fruitful in what we are. When we have these basic established, we can be very good in carrying out God's plan for the world. He has been waiting for us to grow up, to be strong, and to go into all the world, and that His plan will not fail. So let us as a church live up to that destiny, live up to that plan that God has for us, that we are not living life for ourselves, for our own enjoyment, but we are living to please the Lord. And now, to answer the question, the third time, how the Spirit wants us to follow His ways to fruitfulness in life and ministry is number three, respond positively. Respond positively. Grow in spirituality. Church, it is time to grow up in our spiritual walk. It is time. Please don't take for granted that we can remain in the world and eat the cake and go to heaven. We may eat the cake and drop into hellfire. Or we may eat the cake and be an overgrown baby that displeases the Lord in the last days. So sad when in the last days, when we gather together and He said that, I never knew you. When God said to us, I never knew you. Wow, that would be a blow to all of us. So let me say, it's a normal process to grow and desire for spiritual things. It is normal. It is normal to thirst and hunger for righteousness. It's normal to thirst. It is normal growth process. And it's normal to desire for the things of God. It is normal to go through the meal and be disciplined in the ways of the Word and of the Spirit. It is normal to be spiritual and full of faith. It is abnormal to follow the pattern of the world. It is abnormal to stay dormant. It is abnormal to be self-centered and care only for our own turf. God desires for all of us to be spiritual and to mature. Discerning the right and wrong making our life count for Him. You have only one life. There's no excess. 
How much have we desired the things of God? Do we desire what God desires? The writer of, of Hebrews in chapter 5, verse 11 to 14, described them as infants requiring milk and not solid food. They ought to be, be teachers by now, but they are still infants needing milk and for someone to care for them. How disappointing it must have been. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 to 14. Members of Subang Jaya Assembly of God, you should be spiritual by now. You should be matured. You should be about the Lord's affairs. Do the work of His calling and ministry. Don't give excuse for lacking, but always press in to the highest call. It is high time we be strong in spirituality. By now, we should be over the elementary uh, matters of life and be matured enough already. Then we can carry out God's de heart's desire for the world. Then we can live out our destiny as believers in this lost world. We need to grow in ministry as well. Grow in spirituality and grow in ministry. As we become spiritual, we also take in God's plan for the world. We cannot do missions when we are not spiritual or when we are not grounded enough. But when we are strong in faith, we can do His will. And one of the purpose of the church is to bring the gospel to the world, to where we are. Because we are agents for these endeavors. You go to the cafeteria, you'll be able to see the five poster on the wall. And one of it, one of it is evangelism and missions. The fivefold ministry of the church. One of it, missions and evangelism. And we should be involved in it. Being a believer is not to make us feel good and come every Sunday to watch shows. We watch shows in cinemas and in church we do God's will. This is normal and fundamental Christianity. Do the things of God and the bonuses will come our way. The bonuses will come our way. We don't have to have the gift of winning souls. Winning souls is part and duty of a Christian believer. You don't need to be called. You don't need to have a special gift. It is just us that we are. We win souls for the Lord. And we do that as often as we can. Paul, Timothy and Silas were brought to Troas as God opened new doors for ministry for them. They were quick to respond and immediately they set out. They were ready. Subang Jaya, Assembly of God, are you ready? Are you ready for such a time like this? Are you ready for God's mission in the world? Last week, we have good message and good uh, 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 preaching to us regarding missions. It's a very simple message and yet it is fundamental 
and it was right for us to hear. We have learned how the Spirit gave direction and how He opened doors for the evangelists. Today, He is doing the same thing in Subang Jaya Assembly of God. Do we respond positively or are we going for another 40 years? Or another 40 years of wilderness wandering? We have come 40 years already. And I don't want to go another 40 years of wilderness wandering. I think 40 years is enough for us already. It's time for us to rise up to the occasion and to do God's mission in this world. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Yesterday's experience is not sufficient to carry us through for tomorrow. We need fresh anointing to do the will of God and to be fruitful in life and ministry. So let us move into the waters until deep enough where we can actually swim in the river. In conclusion, the Spirit is at work in all of us, growing us spiritually and in ministry. When we follow the Spirit, we will be fruitful in life and in truly in what we are God called us to do. We will be strong and carrying out the missions of God. If the musician can come. Spiritual growth qualifies us to serve His mission and we want to do just that. We just want to do God's plan. The fruitfulness is to serve God and to contribute to bring about the fulfillment of the redemptive plan of God. He has started it in the very book of Genesis and today we are still moving on for that fulfillment of the redemptive plan of God and I count it as a privilege to be a part of this great plan of God God builds us, builds us up builds me up to be His redemptive agent for everyone and I can contribute to the entrance of many souls to the kingdom of God and so can any one of us when we live out God's plan for us? Let's not be spectators but actively being part of His view for this world. It's high time we get out of our comfort zone. High time already. And to be a part of God's plan for humanity. Really, thank God for the change in Malaysia. But not going to stop there. Got to be more. Got to be more. And we want more. His plan for us is not burdensome. And His yoke is light and easy. Respond to the Lord and say, Here am I. Send me to the nations. Subang Jaya Assembly of God. Boleh. 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 Amen. Let's Let's pray. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe you can lead us in the song.